conspiracy, what do you believe? Welcome back to Conspiracies, What Do You Believe? This is episode number 24, Helena Vlavatsky. also known as Madame Blavatsky. She was born August 12, 1831 and died May 8, 1890, 60 years old. She was a Russian occultist, author, and philosopher. She was born of an aristocratic Russian-German family. She was born in, in excuse me if I don't say this right, Yekaterinoslav in the Russian Empire. As a child, she traveled all over the Russian Empire she was self-educated, and as a teenager, she had an interest in Western esotericism. In her timeline, in 1849, Blavatsky went on a series of world travels to the Americas, Europe, and India. She met the masters of the ancient wisdom, and they sent her to Shigatse, Tibet. They trained her to deeply understand the synthesis of religion, science, and philosophy. Some biographers claim that this wasn't true. In 1870s, Blavatsky was involved in the spiritualist movement. She argued against the mainstream spiritualist idea of entities contacted where the spirits of the dead. In 77, Blavatsky published Isis Unveiled, a book about theosophical worldviews. It described theosophy as the synthesis of science, religion, and philosophy. It revived an ancient wisdom which underlay all the world's religions. In 1880, Blavatsky moved to India with Alcott. The theosophy joined with Arya Samaj. They became the first people from the U.S. to convert to Buddhism. Theosophy spread throughout India. In 1885, Blavatsky retired to Europe for health. She established Blavatsky House in London. She published the secret doctrine. Information from what she claimed from ancient Tibetan manuscripts. It was the key to theosophy. The voice of the silence was written in 1889. In 1891, Blavatsky died from the flu. She influenced the spread of Buddhism and Hinduism ideas in the West. She developed Erisophy, Anthroposophy, and the New Age movement. Helena was born Helena Petrovna von Hahn and was baptized into the Russian Orthodox Church. A cholera, epidem cholera epidemic was going on, but she and her mother survived. Helena's mother was Helena Andrea von, von Hahn. She was the daughter of Princess Yolanda of Lomba. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Lomba, Dolph, 
of the Hazard Arms. Helena's father, Pyotr Alexievich von Hahn, he was a descendant of the German von Hahn family. He was in Poland fighting in the November Uprising. He saw his daughter when she was six months old. Helena's great-grandfather, French Huguenot nobleman, he he went to Russia to escape persecution and served in the court of Catherine the Great. Because of her father's career, the family moved all around the empire. When she was two, her younger brother died because there was no medical help. In 1835, her mother and herself moved to Odessa to her maternal grandfather's. Her sister was born there. In 1836, the family moved to St. Petersburg, where her father was transferred. Her mother liked the city. She started her literary career there. She wrote novels under the name of Zaneda Arva. She translated English novels books of Edward Bulwer-Lytton into Russian. In 1837, her family returned to the Ukraine, but she stayed in St. Petersburg. When her maternal grandfather was transferred to Central Asia, she and her mother went with him. This was when she was first introduced to Buddhism. In 1838, she and her mother and sister moved to Poltava to be with her father. There, her mother taught her to play piano and she took dance lessons. Because of her mother's poor health, they moved to Odessa where Helena learned English from a British governess. In 1840, her brother was born in Saratov. They moved to Poland, then back to Odessa. Her mother died in 1840. sent to live with their maternal grandparents. Her grandfather was governor of Saratov government. Some of Helena's relatives said she liked to play with lower-class children. She was educated in French, art, and music. She learned to speak a little Tibetan, and she vacationed in Tibet with her grandparents. So she was from a well-known family. That's what it sounds like. Like royalty. Helena said while she was in Saratov, she discovered the library of her maternal great-grandfather. Prince Pavel Vasilevich Dolgorokov. It contained books on esoteric subjects. In the late 1770s, the prince was initiated into Freemasonry, belonging to the rite of strict observance. During this time, she began to see visions. She saw an Indian man, then later she met the man in real life. After Helena lived with her aunt for a year, she moved to Tiflis, Georgia. There, her grandfather was named Director of State Lands and Transcaucasia. While there, she became friends with Alexander Valdemarovich Golitsyn. He was a Russian Freemason. He encouraged her interest in esoteric matters. She also experienced astral traveling and saw the Indian man again in visions. When Helena was 17, she married a man in his 40s. She was attracted to him because of his belief in magic. He was vice governor of Erevan province. She tried to back out of the marriage but didn't marry him until July 1749. She tried to escape to return to her family. So finally her husband sent her with a maid and a servant to her father. While en route she fled the servants and went to Constantinople. She spent nine years traveling the world 
probably financed by her father. While on her travels, she didn't keep a diary and she traveled alone. So we only have her word on what happened. There was no reliable account on the next 25 years of her life. Myth and reality began to merge. In Constantinople, Helena said she made friends with Agardi Metrovich, a Hungarian opera singer. She was supposed to have saved him from murder. While there, she met Countess Sophia. She went with her on her travels to Egypt, Eastern Europe, and Greece. She became Helena, Helena's travel companion. In 1851, Helena went to Paris to meet Ms. Maurice Victor Maitre. Then she went to England. There, she said she was. She saw the Indian man in her visions. He was a Hindu master, Mor Moria. There were conflicting stories where they met, but she was adamant that he told her he had a special mission for her and she needed to go to Tibet. She then went to Canada. She went to the Native American tribes in Quebec. She was robbed while trying to meet the tribes' magico-religious specialists. She blamed it on the Christian missionaries that corrupted the Indians. So she blamed the missionaries for her being robbed. Yeah. Okay. Helena traveled to New Orleans, Texas, and went to Bombay. While she spent two years in India, she followed the instructions sent from Moria. She tried to enter Tibet, but the British administration denied her. She said she then headed back to England by ship the, that wrecked near the Cape of Good Hope. She arrived in England in 1854 during the Crimean War. There she encountered trouble for being a Russian citizen. She worked as a concert musician. In the United States, she visited New York, Chicago, Salt Lake City, San Francisco, then she went back to India by way of Japan. In India, she visited Kashmir, Kashmir. and Burma. She tried to get into Tibet again, and this time she was successful. She was accompanied by a Tartar shaman who wanted to go to Siberia and thought a Russian citizen could get him there. When they got to Lay, they became lost. They joined a Tartar group. Then she returned to Europe. There she spent time in France and Germany. In 1858, Helena returned to her family in Poskpokov. She claimed to have encountered more paranormal activity. She heard creaking, rapping, and furniture moving on her own, on their own. 1862, she reconciled with her husband and adopted a child that died in 1867 at the age of five. Then in 1864, Melina fell from a horse, was in a coma for some months with a spinal fracture. She said when she came out of the coma, she had full control of her paranormal abilities. Then she went to Italy, Transylvania, and Siberia. Serbia, sorry. In 1867, she went back to the Balkans, Hungary, and returned to Italy. She said while she was in Italy, she was injured fighting at the Battle of Mentana. She received a message from Maria to go to Constantinople where he met her. They went to Tibet. She was like all over the place. Like, Jeez. She was everywhere. Wow. In Tibet, she stayed with Master Kut Humi near 
Tashihunpo Monastery in Shikatsi. She taught Gelugpa sect of Tibetan Buddhism. In Tibet, she was taught an ancient unknown language, Sinzar. Helena translated a text of what the monks taught to her. She was not allowed into the monastery. The masters helped her to control and develop her psychic powers. She developed clairvoyance, clairaudience, telepathy, control another's consciousness, dematerialize and rematerialize physical objects to protect their astral bodies. Some people say her Tibetan adventures didn't seem to be true. Some of the stuff just—I mean, honestly—some of the stuff really does seem like it being like a novel, like a book. But yeah. I mean, I the was, stuff she was doing—it seems like she should have been doing it in the sixties. Yeah, but yeah, but you also got to think back then—it took longer to travel than it is now, too. So. Yeah, but look how many places she traveled. Eighteen seventy to eighteen seventy-eight. While in New York, she wanted to tell the world that spiritual existence was real. She said entities, mediums, contacted. Shells left behind by the dead. Helena went from the Suez Canal to Greece, then to Egypt on the SS Antonia in July 1871. It exploded, and she was one of 16 survivors. So she had like a, a really adventurous life. Oh, yeah. Helena established a sprite based on spirit, spiritism with the help of Emma Cutting. They closed down after two weeks because the mediums and miscutting were frauds. She then went to Syria, Palestine, Lebanon, and met members of the Druze religion. During this period, she met Lydia Pashkova, who was a traveler and a writer. Lydia Pashkova was, verific- was verification of Blavatsky's travels. In July 1872, Helena went back to her family. But in April 1873, she left again. She don't stay in one place too long. Seemed to be. She went to Budapest and Paris. Then Maria told her to go to the United States. In New York, she lived in a woman's housing in Manhattan's Lower East Side of Madison Street. She made a living by doing sewing and designing advertising cards. She was interviewed by Anna Ballard, a journalist for The Sun. In an interview, she talked about Tibet. While in New York, she received news of her father's death and inheriting a large amount of money. Then after that, she moved to an expensive hotel. Well, why not? Yeah, you got the money then, huh? In December of 1874, Helena met Michael Vitanelli of Georgia. He repeatedly asked her to marry him. She said no. Her husband was still alive. She finally gave in but wouldn't consummate the marriage. He filed for divorce and went back to Georgia. In October 1878, Helena went to Chittenden, Vermont because she heard of brothers William and Horatio Eddy, who claimed they could levitate and manifest spiritual phenomena. She met Henry Steele Alcott, a reporter from The Graphic, who was investigating the brothers. He was so impressed by her abilities that he did an interview with her. They became close friends. He wrote about her in his book of 1875, People from the Other World. She translated the book into Russian. 
Helena began to teach Okot her beliefs, occult beliefs, and encouraged him to become celibate, a non-drinker and a vegetarian, although she couldn't keep the vegetarian part. In January 1875, Helena and Okot went to see Nelson and Jenny Owen, spiritual mediums from Philadelphia. They asked Okot to test them. He believed they were genuine, but Helena said they faked some phenomena when they failed to manifest. The brothers published a letter in the Spiritual Scientist. In the letter, they gave themselves the name Brotherhood of Luxor, inspired by the Hermetic Brotherhood of Luxor. Helena and Olcott lived together in New York City, the last apartment they named Lemessary. They lived off of Olcott, who was working as a lawyer. The masters encouraged them to establish the Miracle Club. They gave lectures on esoteric areas in New York City. They met William Kwan Judge, an Irish spiritualist. He shared many of their interests. September 7, 1875. Blavatsky, Alcott, and Judge started the Philosophical Society Means God's Wisdom. Blavatsky said it was not a religion in itself. Alcott was a chairman, Judge was a secretary, and Blavatsky was a corresponding secretary. She was the primary head of the and leading figure. They had prominent early members like Emma Harding Britton, an English advocate for modern spiritualist movement. Senor Brazelsi, C.C. Massey, William F. Alden, an American journalist, fiction writer, humorist, U.S. diplomat, and member. Many others were prominent people of the establishment. All did not stay members. In 1875, she also worked on her book, Theosophical Views. She wrote the book while staying in the Ithaca home. It was the home of Professor Hiram Corson at Cornell University. He was a professor of English literature. She wanted to name the book The Veil of Isis, but it was published Isis Unveiled. Helena said she had a second consciousness that inspired her writing. She called it The Lodger Who Was In Me. She quoted from many esoteric and religious texts. Alcott said she quoted from books she had no access to. 100 years later, after her death, Lachman said she may have had an eidetic memory. Hel- Helena's book was edited by Alexander Wilder and published in 1877 by K.W. Bolton in two volumes. The initial printing of a hundred books or a thousand books sold out in a week. New lodges of the organization were established throughout the U.S. in London. Thomas Edison and Abner Doubleday joined the lodge. Huh. In July 1878, Helena became a U.S. citizen. 1879 to 1855. The Theosophical Society joined with the Arya Samaj, an Indian Hindu reform movement started by Swami Dayananda Saraswati. Lavasky and Alcott believed that the two shared a common spiritual view. They moved to India. She auctioned off their belongings, and Edison gave them a phonograph to take with them to India. So, <laughs> where did all the money go that she inherited? Probably spending it on her paying for all, paying for all these places. They sailed to Liverpool on the Speak Hall. In February 1879, they arrived in Bombay and stayed in a house on Gurgaum Road, a native area of India. She associated more with the Indians than the British superior. Oh, 
Helena took an Indian boy, age 15, as her personal servant. The educated Indians were impressed with the theosophical societies who were championed in their religion. British intelligence kept an eye on her. They thought she may have been working for Russia. In April, she and her friends went to the Karla Caves. She said they contained secret passages leading to an underground place where the masters met. She said the masters were telepathically telling her to go to Rajputana in Punjab. She and Oka headed that way. At the Yamuna River, there they met a Sanyazin who had sat in the lotus position for 52 years. They say they saw the Taj Mahal. 52 years? Then uh, an underground place where the masters met. I mean, that just sounds like you know, uh, uh, Hollow Earth and all that. Yeah. In July of 1879, Blavatsky Nalcott worked on the Theosophist, a monthly magazine. The first issue was in October. They had a huge audience. The masters were referred to as Mahatmas. In December, she went to Allahabad. Staying with Alfred Percy Center, a spiritualist and editor of the Pioneer. A.O. Hall was also a guest. She was persuaded to do paranormal phenomena for them. She went to Benair, staying at the palace of the Maharaja of Visnagram. She was invited by the Buddhist monks to come to Ceylon. Lavaski and Alcott converted to Buddhism. They were the first Americans to do so. How do they know they were the first Americans? First noted Americans, I guess. So. Yeah. When Blavatsky found her old friend and her husband, Emma Tunney Holmore, who had become poor, she invited them to stay with her in Bombay. Then Helena went to Simla, spending time with Sinet. Sinet wanted to meet the masters, so she arranged it. He found esoteric Buddhism. Helena didn't like the title. Max Mueller said the contents were not Buddhist. Some believe the letters were written by Helena. Theosophy was not popular with the British government and Christian missionaries. There were branches open across the country. Helena emphasized growing among the native Indians instead of the British. She moved into a bungalow and breech candy. It was more reachable by Western Western visitors. So if she associated Alcott established the Buddhist education fund to fight the spread of the Christian faith. Helena was at first against the idea but changed her mind when the fund became a success. At this time, Helena was diagnosed with Bright's disease, a chronic nephritis kidney disease. November 
While Helena was in London, the Society of Psychic Research wanted to test her abilities. She referred to it as the Spookical Research Society. With Helena in Europe, trouble happened at Adyar headquarters known as the Columb Affair. Board accused Emma Colum of misappropriation of funds and asked her to leave. She refused and blackmailed the society. With letters by Helena, they claimed that proved her abilities were fake. The society refused to pay, pay them and expelled them. The couple went to the Christian College magazine and the magazine published an expose of her alleged fraudulence and used the Colum's supposed letters. The story gained international attention and was picked up by the London Times. Search for information on the columns, finding stories in this column's alleged description of reality and mixtures. The damage was done internally, but Helena and the society remained financially Yes. In March of 1885, Helena returned to Europe because of her declining health. She needed a milder climate. She resigned her position with the society. The society experienced rapid growth, 121 lodges across the world. 106 in India, Burma, and Ceylon. They were organized into national units with their own ruling council, causing tension between the lodges' administrations. Richard Hodgson, SRP, published a report on Helena Blavatsky. He said Helena was a spy for Russia. She faked her paranormal abilities because of Colum's claims. This caused problems in the society with a number of her followers denouncing her and leaving the organization. She wanted to sue Hodgson's, but Alka advised her not to. He said the publicity would damage the society. In 1886, Helena was wheelchair-bound. She moved to Austin in Belgium. She was visited by theosophists from Europe. She established an ink producing business to supplement her pension. Members from the Lo London's Lodge were dissatisfied with how Senate was running it. Helena agreed, so in May of 1887 she went to London and stayed with theosophist Mabel Collins. In September she moved in with Bertram Kiteley and his nephew Archibald. She established the Blavatsky Lodge, a bribe to Senate taking his members. Her lodge was visited by many people, some of them were W.B. Yates, a poet and a cultist. Mohandas Gandhi, a lawyer, studied the Bhagavad Gita with his eyes tightness. He joined Blavatsky's Lodge as an associate. For the rest of his life, he emphasized the connection between Hinduism and the Theosophy. In 1888, Helena established the esoteric section of the Theosophy Society. It was under her control and a person had to pass tests. It was a place for true theosophists. In London, Helena established a magazine she named Lucifer. It was a discussion of philosophical ideas. While there, she finished her book, The Secret Doctrine. It was edited by the Kiteleys. Helena started a Theosophical Publishing Company to publish her book. The book was too big for others to publish. 
in her book were cosmo cosmogonical ideas about how the universe, planets, and humans came to be. There were views about the humans and their soul and the afterlife. The book was reviewed by Annie Bassan of the Paul, Paul Mall Gazette. She was so impressed by it that she had that she met with Helena and joined the society. In August of 1890, Helena moved in with Bassanet in her large house. She appointed Bassanet as head of the Blavatsky Lodge. So really, any time any person that she met, she moved in with them. Yeah, it was hard. Yeah. So they must have liked her from the start. Yes. You know? In July of 1890, the new European Philosophical Society was headquartered in Bassanet's house. Helena wrote the key to theosophy, a question and answer on the society. Then she wrote The Voice of the Silent, a devotional text based on the Book of the Golden Precepts. She continued to deal with accusations of fraud. In July 1890, an article was written from information from an ex-member of the society. Helena sued the Sun and the paper attracted the accusations on September 1892. But Helena died in May 8. White Locust Day is celebrated by Theosophists. It is on the day of Helena Blavatsky's death. How biographers and others described Helena. Peter Washington described Helena as short, stout, forceful, several chins, unruly hair, strong arms, determined mouth, large azure collared, bulging eyes. She was overweight her entire life, a persuasive storyteller. Wow, it's like it's really? straight to the point. Yeah. Marion Mead said Helena's appearance was untidy. She was eccentric and lived by her own rules. Mead described her in later as in later life as she wore loose robes, a lot of rings, and was a heavy cigarette smoker her entire life. At times she smoked hashish. She lived simply and refused to take money for her teachings. She wanted to be known as HPB. She avoided social functions and didn't like social obligations. She spoke Russian, Georgian. English, French, Arabic, and Sanskrit. Mead believed HPB saw herself as a savior. Her purpose was to save the world through theosophy. She had a vivid imagination and tended to lie. Mead said she was basically a non-political person. Her per political beliefs were not consistent like much of her life. Well-rounded person, I guess. Yeah. Godwin said she had a terrible temper. Life's work was spiritual and political. Her emotions were fueled partly from the hatred of the profession and Christianity for grace and parallelism. They're, they're like. It just seems like, it's like the media is just like all against her. Yeah. Bruce F. Campbell said she was strong willed and an independent child. Her harsh childhood environment resulted in her inability to control her temper and her swearing. Her, her energy was surprising. So, how did she have a harsh childhood if she was born? all the time. Well, it looks like she decided to move around. Well, when she was a little, she was probably forced, and that's probably why she did it as an adult. Yeah. Many biologists say she was celibate her entire life. Washington believes she hated sex. She said she was a virgin. In the early years of the Theosophical Society, she encouraged celibacy even in marriage. Some suggest she may have been a transvestite or lesbian due to her traveling in men's clothes. Mead said Helena had been scornful of women 
may have been due to her being jilted by a woman or the general society misogyny hatred of women. Gary Lockman in Isis Unveiled, Helena introduced the first major intellectual criticism of evolution. Wow. Lots of people didn't like her, did they? I guess, but I wonder I when all these... I think she had a lot of people following her. Well, but all this stuff probably came out after she died. Well, probably, but how did they know all this? See, I don't understand people you know, 100 years ago, so this happened, this happened. They don't really know this, just what was told. Ugh. <sighs> Okay, Olaf Hammer was a religious scholar. On rare occasions, Helena's writings were overly racist. This comes from the position of Judaism as the origin of Christianity. She had a deep dislike for Christianity. She used the Kabbalah, a Jewish mystical system. She thought its origins were before historic Judaism. Jesus became a great teacher, teaching a sublime and a number of other church fathers were qualified to teach and practice the age of wisdom. She also used Gnosticism in a valid form of early Christianity. So she... She hated Christianity, but she used a lot of its teachings. Well, it sounds like she hated it, but she used the teaching before established religion, it seems like. Helena's thoughts on physical races. Africans, Aboriginal, Australian... South Sea Islanders were inferior to Europeans, said Aboriginal Australians were half animals. She was like, she was like me too. The 1866 General Council of the Theosophical Society, they adopted the first of three objects to form the nucleus of a universal brotherhood of humanity without distinction of race, creed, or color. In 1888, they added without distinction of sex or caste. Helena claimed the theosophical doctrines were received from a brotherhood of secretive spiritual adepts, Mahatmas. Helena said theosophical duties established this doctrinal basis. Her theosophical ideals were a form of occultism, anti-Christian thought within Western esotericism. The idea of an ancient and a universal occult science that should be revived. Underlying idea of Helena Blavatsky's Theosophy. There was an ancient wisdom religion found across the world known to various ancient figures. It connected ancient wisdom religion to hermetic philosophy. Everything in the universe is identified as an emanation from a godhead. Helena believed that all the world's religions developed from the original global faith and her theosophy to be the heir of, to the Neoplatonist philosophers of late antiquity. The theosophical movement rivaled the ancient wisdom religions would lead to its spreading across the world, overshadowing the established religions. She claimed due to Christianization in Europe, this magical tradition was lost there. It was in a modified form in Africa and India. She saw herself as a messiah figure. Wow. The official following of the Theosophical Society to form a nucleus of the Universal Brotherhood of Humanity without the distinction of race, creed, sex, case, or color. To encourage the study of the comparative religion, philosophy, and science to 
investigate the unexplained laws of nature and the powers latent in man. While living in New York, she says she was a Buddhist. She was a pantheist idea of an impersonal divinity, a universal divine principle, theosophical God, the root of all. All shall be absorbed at the end of the great cycle of being. In the secret doctrine, in the beginning there was nothingness. Then the essence separated itself into seven rays, intelligent beings known as the Dian Kohans. Seven rays then created the universe using an energy called Bohat. Earth was created. Underwent seven rounds, each round different living beings were created. Helena's idea of root races. Each root race was divided into seven sub-races. First root way. Root race created from pure spirit lived on the continent imperishable sacred land. The second root race Hyperboreans, formed from pure spirit, lived near the North Pole. Climate was milder then. Third root race lived on the continent of Nakara. This was Australia and Rapa Fourth root race between third and fourth, fourth round of the Earth. Higher beings came to the planet, beginning of the human physical bodies, sexes separated. Lived at Atlantis, when Atlantis sank, some Atlanteans escaped, created new societies in Egypt and the Americas. They had psychic powers, advanced technologies, some were giants. Built ancient monuments like Stonehenge, mated with female animals, creating gorillas and chimpanzees. Okay, the fifth group race, Darians, found across the world this was the same time she was right. The fifth fifth race would be replaced by the sixth race, then this would be brought in by the mycelial arrival. Believed humanity would develop into the seventh and final root race. Humans are composed of three separate parts, divine spark, astral fluid body, and the physical body. Later, later Spiritual soul, manas, inner ego, ordinary mind, kama, rupa, zaibai, linga, shaira, the astral body, prana, vital principle, and sethula, shavira, the physical body. At first, Helena didn't believe in reincarnation, but later changed her mind. Law of reincarnation governed by karma. Knowledge of karma would guarantee humans led by moral principles. Helena Blavatsky was a controversial being. Either you loved her and followed her or hated her and believed her to be fake. A lot of authors believe she plagiarized from other sources. It is said that Helena Petrovna Blavatsky was the greatest occultist in the history of Western civilization, a direct agent of the Trans Himalayan Brotherhood of Adepts. She was mentally unstable. Few of her writings survived before 1873. And that is it for episode number 24, Helena Blavatsky.